Beards for Radio. Sasha, how you doing, man? Joe, what's up, baby? Not much. Happy Beardsmith season to you. Happy Beardsmith season to you as well, my man. It's been a while and we got some stuff to talk about. Um, you know, obviously we're coming up on the bowl season, which means players declaring for the draft, some of them sitting out of the bowl games, some of them, you know, sitting on some decisions and some coaches' reactions to it. Um, I know we just had signing day and we're looking at the NFL playoffs. And then we got some a new trailer from Jordan Peele to talk about on this episode as well. Yep. Among other yeah, that's things. That's great. Among other things. So um, what's your take on all these players sitting out? And, um, you know, where do you stand on it? Do you think it's that, that these players – need to fulfill an obligation to the university or need to fulfill an obligation to themselves and the hard work that they give themselves, you know, since they were young playing this game. Yeah, I definitely the latter. Um, you got to fulfill the, the um, responsibility to yourself, your family, you know, uh, and your opportunity. Like you say, say like, if you, if you don't come into work tomorrow, you're guaranteed to make a million bucks, you know, a couple of weeks from now. But if you do come in tomorrow, there's a slight chance that you're going to lose all that money. Like, are you going to come into work tomorrow? No, right. no I'm taking it. But you off. have an obligation to the people, you know? So no, I think it's the play taking the power back, you know, from the people who think they own them, you know, like, Oh, but we, scholarships and we let you be on tv and all this stuff it's like well no if a player doesn't want to risk the injury then don't let him and um you know uh this is the first time we have an msu player sitting out a bowl game uh going to the draft early cornerback justin lane and on signing day like mark d'antonio had a comment about it he said you know he was disappointed that he wasn't following through and i was i was kind of disappointed in d'antonio for making that comment you know, it's like the old saying, if you if you can't say nothing nice, don't say nothing at all. Well, you know, you're not going to look good in that situation if you kind of, as a player, for sitting out. You know, just come out and say, you know, we, we respect his decision, we support him and all this, blah, 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 blah. Because, you know, if, if Justin Lane gets drafted in the first round by some chance, then that helps Mark D'Antonio and Michigan State in recruiting a lot more than, you know, winning a bowl game. Well, yeah, obviously, because kids, you know, they, they go to college to go on to be in the NFL. You know, they, they want to get recognized. And if you're right there, you're, you're right at the top, you know, of that mountaintop, man. You're right there. Why throw it all away? Right. You know, all your hard work, you know. And you're right. His comments were a little like, come on, guy. You know what I'm saying? Don't you want, want what's best for these kids? Yeah. Because these kids, you know, make up your program, dude. These kids, you want to see these kids strive. You want to see that. You want to look back on them, you know, 20 years from now and be like, man, I did that kid good, you know. And I think the two best examples to use in college football, and it's it's uh, Jake Butt mm-hmm. and it's Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Jake Butt did not sit out the bowl game. He got a knee injury. 
And even though people were like, well, you know, he, he, he had insurance, blah, 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 but he still lost upwards around four or five million dollars. Right. You know what I'm saying? So was it worth it for him? No. Are we hearing Jake Butt taking off? No. Christian McCaffrey said out, caught flag for it. Now, one of the top five running backs and top five receiving backs in the league. Yeah. And nobody looks back and say, oh, well, you know, he didn't play that ball game. What a loser. Who gives a shit? Look what he's doing now. Right. He's he's reached that precipice. He's one of the best backs in the league. Uh, he's, ma- he's making commercials. He's getting money. I'm sure Jake Butt, in hindsight, look back, he would sit out that bowl game too, get drafted higher, and get a lot more money. And you know what? I don't blame these kids for getting money because these, in my opinion, these colleges, they pimp out these kids. People say, oh, they get scholarships. No, they don't. They get scholarships. They don't get education that they should be getting. They get bullshit. Okay, this is this is everyone else's curriculum. This is the football curriculum. Hey, can I be this? No, you cannot be that. You do not have time to study. You have time to go on the football field. This is what we're paying you to be here for. Yeah. So most of these football players, they do not do not get good education. They just tell them what to take so they can just eke by and play in the system and play their four or five years and then hey, you're out. You know what I'm right. saying? And they gotta take some that's why that's why you see a lot of a lot of sports uh player uh, players like that do analysis now have degrees in communications because it wasn't as time consuming as some of these guys that probably want to be doctors. Some of these guys that want to go to Michigan, be like, Hey, I'm going to Michigan. I want to be a doctor. They're going to be like, yeah, okay, buddy. You don't have time to be a doctor and be a football player. Sorry. And we have you here to be a football player. So go get your money, young men. No, stop. Be, stop being pimped out by these universities. Get your money. Like you said, take that power back. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. And it's, it's like, you know, would we like to see these players play in the bowl game? It's like, yeah, selfishly, that would be nice. It would be nice to see Justin Lane going up against, uh, you know, maybe the best quarterback that will be coming out next season because, you know, Justin Herbert from Oregon um, announced he was going to come back for his senior year, which, you know, that's a decision as well, you know, supportive for that. Um, but I, I can't blame him at all for sitting it out because I would much rather see him, you know, have a great – uh, NFL combine and put maybe, maybe like sneak his way into the first round or the second round, you know, same, same thing right. for like Rashawn Gary. Cause people are going to have questions about the health of Nick Bosa. And, you know, Rashawn Gary came back and played the last uh, two or three games for Michigan. So people know Rashawn Gary is healthy and people are going to be high on him. Potentially he could be one of the top two defensive ends taken off the, off the board. So what do you have to gain by playing in this one game? Right. These meaningless bowl games that they add a new bowl games every year, like yesterday's cheese bowl. They had nine, 10 interceptions. Jeez. Oh man. Like how many bowls are you going to get? It's just, all it is is just to get money in these college teams and, uh, uh, their, uh, excuse me, that athletic department's pockets. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, Cheez-It Bowl. Cool. Get a fat check from Cheez-Its. You know, right. oh, Redbox Bowl. We get a fat box, of, uh, a fat check from Redbox, you know? <laughs> e- even if it's like the Peach Bowl or, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't flip it matter. I feel like if you're out of playoff contention, if you're not one of the four teams in the nation that aren't competing for a national championship, then I could see. It. And as a coach, I would encourage it. 
Yeah. I, I would encourage it because you're right. If you have a player that goes high, you know, and he does good in the NFL, wouldn't that kind of trigger these young guys that are four years out of college or looking at the college that they want to go to and play football too? Like, oh, dude, like, I really like Justin. I really like what they did up at State. I really like You know what I'm saying? I really like what they did in Michigan. I want to be in that position. You know what I'm saying? That, would, to me, would gravitate me more to making my choice from a school than just saying, hey, they won a fucking Red Box Bowl. They won a Peach Bowl. They won a they, they won a, a, a Cheez Its Bowl, you know. So, yeah, it's sitting out, and I'm with them being ready to take this next step in their careers to take care of their families, take care of themselves, you know, and just set themselves up for something that two percent of people that play would want to be. In, you know what I'm saying? Right. And um, you know, it's coming right off the heels of um. National Signing Day, you know, it's it's a few months earlier than it used to be now. And it's like all these people, you know, trying to get these kids, these 18-year-old high school seniors, like, hey, come play for us. You know, we'll love you forever. And, you know, you'll never, you know, you'll never be on our bad side, blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, their last game of their career, they decide to play it safe and sit out the bowl game. They're like, how dare you? Like, you were supposed to fulfill your commitment to us. Blah. You know, they're like, they're like the wild things and where the wild things are, you know, <laughs> like as soon as Max gets on his boat to sail right. away, they're like, no, you can't go. We love you. You know, that's how I view. Right. And like <laughs> what, what they, what they like, what the schools spend in scholarships for these kids to get there is a freaking drop in the ocean compared to what they make in return. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So don't hit me with, Oh, they're, they're 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 spending resources, wasting resources, blah 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 blah. This bullshit. Yeah. It is absolute bullshit. I'm not buying it for a goddamn second. So, absolutely, couldn't agree more. Yeah, I think we're in agreement on that. Um, and yeah, like we said, we got the two bowl games coming up: um, Michigan and Florida on Saturday, Michigan State and Oregon on uh, Monday. Yeah, Monday. Um, if you want to take away. And uh, with the Wolverines, you can do that. I mean, I, I believe Rashawn Gary's sitting out. Yeah. I think Chase's Chase Finovich is sitting out as well. If I'm not not mistaken, he might be in I there. But even if Chase, Chase, I know I know Devin Bush is sitting out and going pro, but he he's not healthy enough to play anyway. So that's kind of you know right that's kind of like you know neither here nor there but if they were all three of them like to me if all three of them were healthy and all three of them wanted to sit i would sit in there have no problem on it because you know what they're not coming back next year and to me bowl games if you're not going for the championship bowl games are a nice momentum boost for next year we saw what michigan did last year they rolled that momentum over to this year and you know they kept on going so now throw these kids that are going to be behind Rashawn Carey or stepping up, who are going to be beside, behind these guys that are going out, stepping up. Let them go in there and play this huge, you know, game. It's, it's a bowl game. Whatever people want to look at it. If it's me, I don't take too much stock in a bowl game. It's a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Throw them in there in this, this huge stage, you know what I'm saying, and let that momentum roll over to next year because you're not going to have your seniors next year. You know what I'm saying? So just, like, get them accoladed now. I'm really big on that. So – I haven't really heard uh, anything about, you know, uh, what Harbaugh has to say. I haven't really been paying attention. 
Um, but if those three guys stepped out and and wanted to not play, even if even even if they were all hundred percent healthy, totally understandable, man. It's just it's just it's a business. People want to act like it's a business, and a business, is a business until oh oh it should be about this. No, dude, it's about a business. You said it yourself. That's right. This is all about a business. If it wasn't about a business, all you guys would be here on voluntary basis. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So they're not. They're making fat checks, enormous amount of checks. Don't tell these kids to go chase the check. Right. Don't tell them they can't do that. So. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Um, do you have any, like, prediction for Michigan's bowl game? I think just based off of, like, how they perform against Florida recently, I, I think Michigan should, you know, run their business on them. You know, I think I predict Michigan winning that bowl game. Yeah, I think Michigan should too. I don't know what the score will be. Yeah. But what I think they should do is that now that shame now that Patterson's back, th- throw in all open your playbook up, bro. Open right. it up. Let this kid get comfortable with everything. Open it up. Let him tell him to kind of try to stay in a pocket and throw, you know. You know, be having more of a pocket presence. I, that's what I believe is his weaknesses is that he tends to, you know, flip out and, and get scrambled and then scramble, you know, and saying, and then when he does stay in the pocket and does have someone open in the pocket, he's either under throwing them or, or over throwing them or left to right, vice versa, whatever. Right. But yeah, I think he needs to have more pocket presence. Well, oh, let him go in there, open up the playbook, let him have fun. You know what I'm saying? It's a meaningless bowl game, let him have fun. Let these kids get, you know, their chemistry going and let them carry it over to next season because, like I said, if you're not one of the four playing for the playoffs, it really doesn't matter. It doesn't get my, like, adrenaline up. doesn't get my heart racing. So Right. Yeah, and I would think uh, Karan Higdon announcing he was sitting out the bowl game, you know, I think that should entice the coaching staff to be more willing to throw it around, you know, because uh, I don't know how much Evans has played this uh, as much this year. Um, I haven't been paying attention as much, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, I think having your bell right. cow and uh, Karan Higdon sitting out the bowl game, yeah, like should be more tempting to throw the ball around. Yeah, and and I also think that uh, True Wilson's going to have to step up and uh, be more of a, a good – because I like him, True Wilson and Evans, when they come in and they give Higdon a break. You know, they, they, they put a decent amount of yardage, you know, combined. Mm-hmm. So – they took a big load off of Hickman when Hickman was tired, but now Hickman's not going to be there. So these guys need to step up and do a little more. So um, it's, it's I'm, I'm a watch it. I don't have high hopes because like I said, it's meaningless to me after that ball game, nothing happens except off season. So um, I'm, 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 I'm a watch to see if those things happen, if they open up the playbook a little bit more, you know? So that's what I want to see. If Don Brown, you know, can, you know, everyone talks about, you know, Dr. Blitz Brown, you know, but sometimes I think he, he blitz too much. Sometimes I think he, you know, over schemes it. Um, I don't, I don't necessarily think he's a, he's a bad defensive, you know, coordinator, right, that, bad defensive guy. coach. Yeah. I just think that, I think that, that sometimes, you know, t- he gets his number called, dude. Right. And, you know, we saw it against Ohio State. It's funny. It's kind of like flipping the scripts on, um, you know, our first couple episodes when we started this podcast, we were, leading up to uh, the beginning of the 2017 season and Michigan was playing Florida and Florida had all these players not going to play in the game because of discipline reasons. 
And now, like, we're looking at a lot of Michigan players sitting out the bowl game, um, you know, for better reasons. They're not being disciplined. You know, they're either not healthy or they're, you know, playing it safe for their future. So it's kind of funny, like, looking at right. how we flipped the script on uh, the bookends from the beginning of last year to the end of this season. This is true. But yeah. And, you know, I I think that's – I think that's – I think that's the nature of the sport – yeah. You know, stuff happens. People get hurt. People lose games. It changes everybody's, you know, perception mid midstream. You know, end of season. So that's just, that's how it's gone down. You know, it's, I think it's gone down like that for both of our programs, really. Yeah, you know, for Michigan State and the Red Box Bowl. Um, yeah, I'm kind of like expecting the same old game that I've been watching the last month or so. You know, I think. Um, Oregon's Oregon's offense might sputter a bit against the Michigan State defense. Um, just looking at Oregon's schedule, like I don't see any defenses they've played that have been really, you know, up to the task. Like it looks like Oregon's been putting up 30, 40 pretty easily on people. Um, but again, like the Pac-12, they don't really play as much defense in that conference. You know what I'm saying? Um, right. But – my question is, you know, LJ Scott announced he's going to play in the bowl game and then go pro as opposed to what we thought was going to happen. You know, he was going to sit out, redshirt, come back next year, um, which I, th- I think is a good move for LJ Scott because, you know, running backs have such short um, shelf lives in the NFL and he could go through another injury next year and not have the opportunity to redshirt again and, you know, come back to East Lansing. So, you know, he's healed up and he's got a chance to showcase against Oregon you know, kind of finish his career on a high note against the team he started his career against. Um, you know, I want to – I'm not sure if Lewerke is healthy. I hope he is, and I hope he plays because, you know, we were talking about it earlier. Like, they did get off to a bad start on the season, even with Lewerke at quarterback. But, you know, you saw the difference with um, Lombardi as the full-time starter, which nothing against Rocky Lombardi. You know, I think he'll be a fine – quarterback you know he could develop into a good one you know as he goes on but it's difficult for a redshirt freshman to step in with very few team reps and you know lead the team but you know the offense was just so bad the last half of the season that um you know if you know Daryl Stewart's healthy Cody White's healthy LJ Scott's healthy and Brian Lewerke then yeah you know obviously I would love to see the offense open it up you know if this was a regular program, then Dave Warner would be coaching for his job right now. But, you know, he knows he's got all the security in the world. So we're probably going to see the same old, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust, two yards in a cloud of dust, play action pass that doesn't go anywhere and punt, you know. So I'm expecting like a 16-14 right. game or something like that. Nice. Yeah. And I, I think I think that's what LJ Scott's doing. I think he's announcing that he's going to play in this game and go to NFL because – you know, here he hasn't been, you know, the LJ Scott this year that he's been the years before. I mean, he, right. Well, you know, he had only I think this is – I think it's – Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, he's only played, what, like four or five games? But like yeah. you said, this is – his last show these NFL scouts what he's about. I think you're absolutely, you know, spot on with that. This is, his, as you put it, his last – you know, his last game to showcase himself before the NFL draft and the combine and everything. So yeah, I think you're spot on with that, Joe. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, I love LJ Scott. So I hope he, I hope he goes out and has the best game of his career and people, you know, realize, you know, he came to Michigan state and his body was NFL ready. That's so rare for a high school kid, you know, like 
if the rules allowed it, he could have gone pro after his sophomore season, but he couldn't. And then, you know, he made the unselfish decision to come back after his junior season and play for Michigan State again. And, you know, it, it bit him in the ass because he did get hurt. And I feel terrible for him because he missed most of the season. Um, yeah, against Oregon, like I said, their quarterback, Justin Herbert, he can get hot. He can really carve up some defenses. And, you know, Michigan State won't have their best corner in Justin Lane. But I still, I still have confidence in the defense to do their whole, you know, they bend, but they don't break, you know? Oh, absolutely. And um, I'm just really curious to see where it is, how these kids land in the draft. I'm really curious to see how their careers take off and if if this will be a norm for uh, for players from here on out, sitting out and not playing their bowl games, you know. Yeah. Um, I really, I really see it trending. Really, really do see it trending, and people take care of themselves. And you know that's good. You know, it's like we said earlier, it's the players taking back the power. You know, it's the same thing we're seeing in the NFL, where players like Le'Veon Bell are just sitting the whole season instead of playing on a contract that they think is unfair. You know, instead of playing with no guarantee that they're going to see the field again, you know? Yeah, absolutely. But then again, on the flip side is that if you have somebody like uh, James Conner behind you, boy, you better, you better make sure that you're doing the right thing and you better make sure that you had to come back with the head of steam, you know, you know, more pressurized than you've had, you know, the past few seasons that you set out before you set out. So it, it that's a slippery slope for Le'Veon, you know what I'm saying? Especially right. – with what came on after him because everybody knows what Davion's capable of. Everyone's calling, Oh, it's going to hurt the Steelers season. And James Conner came in like a freaking, you know, right. Hey, I love James Conner. Like a damn tornado. So, right. Like his story is great. I think he was underrated coming out of college and he's, he's proven that he can be the guy for Pittsburgh, you know? So it's like, it's good for them that they had James Conner, you know, but Le'Veon Bell, he's a different breed. Like it's, he can do so much more than the average running back. Like, Le'Veon Bell is up there when he's healthy in conversation with Todd Gurley and, like you said, Christian McCaffrey, ooh, excuse me, um, Ezekiel Elliott, you know, on and on and on. Oh, yeah, he's, he's, he's up there, definitely. Right. But, yeah, get him back. Um, I don't know if I see Michigan State winning or losing. You know, probably comes down to the last few minutes, but – Probably be another sleeper game, like 17, 16, something like that. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, um, I think Michigan I, – I really can't tell you at this point, you know what I'm saying, because I don't know if it's going to be – it's going to be a shootout because both defenses aren't at their – you know, have their peak performance going on. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it's going to be a close game. It's going to be the mid-20s. Okay. Let's just throw it out there. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah. So we kind of talked about the Steelers a little bit. I don't know if we want to move forward, but we're coming up on the last week of the regular season in the NFL. And the playoffs are starting to look clearer and clearer. And there's a lot of big games this weekend that can determine who goes and who stays home. And uh, neither of our teams are involved in any way. Not the Lions, not the Dolphins. (laughs) It is what it is. 
Right, yeah. And, you know, there's a f- three teams left to get in the hunt, you know, Titans, Steelers, and Eagles. But I just I, – I, I feel like the Super Bowl, it's going to end up Chiefs versus Saints. I think that um, – I love that. Yeah, I think that um, that Drew Brees isn't finished yet. I think Drew Brees needs to be – feels like that he needs to be in the conversation and the running of the, you know, the GOAT, even though it's it's always going to be Tom Brady, you know, in my opinion. But – um. Yeah, I think Drew Brees is 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 a need for another one. I think he's had one hell of a records. Um, his uh, wide receiver Thomas, he's been playing out of his mind. So like, you got Ingram, you got Kamara in the backfield. You got a good defense. You know, I I really really do like the same. Though I think Chiefs are more dynamic of a team. I just think their defense isn't going to be able to role with this with the Saints and I think that even though Mahomes is so mature for his age and, and, and ahead of himself you know being I think he's like second third year player or whatever second I just year, think yeah. that yeah there's gonna be a hiccup come the playoffs because the playoffs like we all know whatever sport you're in playoffs is another monster people flip it into a you know a different gear so I, I really do see the Saints winning the Super Bowl that's you know I've been I've been watching them all year. They just I just like what I see out of them. You know, actor for me. Yeah, um, yeah. You know I couldn't tell you who my favorite is right now. I I definitely like the Saints a lot. Um, you know I, I love the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes is probably my favorite player in the whole league. But you know their offense has slowed down a bit with the loss of Kareem Hunt. Uh, you know kicking him off the team, suspended out of the league. There's been a drop-off at the explosive plays from the running back position for them. And their defense is just really not good. You know, the Chiefs' defense. Oh, man. You know who's kind of, like, sneaking in and could make some noise is the Ravens. Since Lamar Jackson took over for Joe Flacco, like, their running game has been almost otherworldly. And their defense right now is statistically the best in the league. I mean, yeah, it's 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 the Ravens. You know, they're gonna have that good defense. No, also mistakenly good uh, compared to me. In my opinion, who's kind of been like, for their record, haven't been really like boasted enough. Is the Texans, man? Yeah, the Texans are playing some good. They're playing some good football, man. You know, um, I you know I can't say enough. They got the best wide receiver in the league, in my opinion. And um, Hopkins. God, uh, yeah, and Hopkins, dude, Dre Hopkins. But you know, even on their uh, even a defensive end, you got Clowney, you got Watt just coming down the middle and and, and off the ends. You know, what I'm saying they're they're it's a deadly front. I I really do like the Texans. I think they go far in the playoffs. But um, I just think that the the Saints are going to be too smothering. You know, I just I don't know, just something about them. I like I like what I see. But yeah, man, I think I think the Ravens also have a good coach, man. You know, every year John Harbaugh does a excellent job. You know, I got, I got, I got to give him that, man. Ever since he's been in the Ravens, he's changed their, you know, their culture. You know, they've, they've gone deep with, to me, a, a, a sub, a subpar, you know, quarterback. They've won a, a Super Bowl with a subpar quarterback. I, you know, so hey, um, a, a lot, a lot can happen in the playoffs. But I really like how the t- Titans are look. I mean, the the Texans are looking too. Yeah, uh, Deshaun Watson has been playing well. Um, you no, know, I really. 
want the Texans to win that tiebreaker with the Patriots because I want the Patriots to play wild card weekend and they have to win road games in order to get to the Super Bowl, you know, if they want to get back there. Because the Patriots have not won a road playoff game, you know, so this is not the Super Bowl because that's always neutral site. They haven't won a road playoff game since the 2006 playoffs when they beat the Chargers. So you think about like all the Super Bowls that they've been to, they got to play every opponent at home, you know, in Boston in late January. And, you know, I just, you know, I hate the Patriots and um, they haven't looked as like themselves. You know, we saw after the first three weeks, you know, they looked like they corrected everything and they were you know, back being that, that killer team that everybody hated, you know, everybody feared, but then they started to struggle again and you don't see them struggle in December as often. You know, he saw them lose the game in Miami, which was amazing because Bill Belichick put Rob Gronkowski out at safety, which was a a Jim Caldwell-esque move. So thanks for that, (laughs) Bill. And then, yeah, losing uh, the next week in Pittsburgh when they always bounce back from their losses and like, you know, take it to their next team that they're playing. So if the Patriots have to go on the road, I just I have zero faith in them to get it done. And I hope right, yes. Oh yeah, for sure. And then and then and then I hope the Patriots. Yeah, I I feel like though Tom Brady is, you're starting to see the decline decline in Brady. I think next year he's going to have a Peyton Manning type year. You know what I'm saying? Where he's throwing ducks. Um, right. But we also got a thing too. Is there's another old dude that's that that that's still uh, slinging them, Philip Rivers, man. Chargers oh, are yeah. eleven and four, you know, and and they're and they're they're to me are like the Texans are like sneaky sneaky good for you know they, they have good records. They're eleven and four. Texans are ten and five. You know, what I'm saying it's just like those are good records in the NFL. But that nothing to, nothing to like scoff over, you know. And and I've always liked Philip Rivers. I always think Philip. I call him Super Sperm because the dude's on his like twenty seventh kid. Um, he's 37 years old. He's, he, you know, he, he's up there, you know, and he's doing a good job with the Chargers, you know, with, with Melvin Gordon being out, you know, that he just lost, uh, uh, Keenan Allen. I don't know how, how, for how much longer I didn't, you know, follow up on him, but you know, he's, he got his hip, hip injured, but he, he makes do with what he has. That's what, that's, that's a sign of a good quarterback. I've always liked Phillip Rivers and you know, I don't think Chargers are going to go far, but man, they're stinky good, and I don't, you know, they're gonna, they're definitely gonna get in the playoffs. And then you got the Colts followed up right behind them, and they're they're trying to get uh, bumped off by, I believe, I think it's the Steelers, and um, right. who else is in the hunt? You know, so, so you know, it's the Colts and Titans are playing on Sunday night, and that's a rare play-in game for the NFL because the winner will go to the playoffs, and the loser will not. And if it ends in a tie, I think that means the Steelers go. Yes. So it's just really weird how, how it can all break down with that game. So that's going to be a good game because it's going to be a, 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 a playoff field game because it's it's for to actually get in the playoffs. You know, this is not college. Nobody's sitting out. You know, sure, everyone's going to be all hands on deck. Yeah. Yeah. Playoffs are taking shape. And um, I hate to say it because I think, once again, we're staring – uh, a season in the face where no professional team makes the playoffs.
Um, let me see. I'm trying to find the Pistons record right now. I think right now the Pistons are the best uh, shot of any Detroit team to make the playoffs, but I'm not even on them right now to make it. No, they're, they're right around 500, I want to say. Last time I checked, they were like 15 and 16, something like that. But it just beat Washington night. And with the Pistons, man, it's just like, it's like really hit or miss because they're – Everyone's like, well, Andre Drummond's having a lot of 2020 nights. I go, yeah, but he only does it on the nights that he plays with Blake Griffin. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. like when, when Blake's out there, you know, he's going to take over. It's his game. Everyone else is all role players, and, and everyone's going to forget about Drummond. So Drummond's going to get his 20, 20 rebounds. His, you know, he'll put back garbage, uh, maybe a few hook shots, uh, a, a you know, pick and roll, slam dunk. You know what I'm saying? But, like, no one else can take over that game when Blake Griffin is not there. That's my biggest problem. We we have one super superstar. Oh, that's it. Andre Drummond, to me, is a role player. He's not that even good of a rim protector. Um, Bullock shoots, shoots well, but not, you know, not well enough to take over a game. And, you know, Reggie is the Reggie to me. So I think the Pistons got a long way. And I think the reason why they're – Sitting, hovering. I think they might even be above five hundred. Is because Dwayne Casey's doing a hell of a job. I believe he is. Yeah, right now Dwayne Casey is the only professional coach in Detroit that I think is worth a damn. Like Matt Patricia, we're one year in, and I just I don't see it. You know, I don't think the future is very bright right now. You know, he's late to meetings. He's making excuses. He's saying we're blessed to have Matthew Stafford as our quarterback, and um. Uh, for the Tigers, I don't even know who Ron Gardenhire is. I could care less. Um, and then for the Red Wings, like the Jeff Blaschel project, you know, mini, um, mini Mike Babcock, that's not working out at all either. So, yeah, right now I think Dwayne Casey's the only Detroit coach that I, you know, could shake a stick at. Yeah, most definitely. And like I've been reading a lot of stuff about Patricia, how he's, you know, sc- Scolding a reporter for not having proper posture, some bullcrap like that. When yeah, like this guy's late to almost every meeting. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just think this is just you know a long another another one to add to the long list of Belichick uh, assistants that go on to be assist, uh, head coaches everywhere else, and it just does not work, and it just solidifies Belichick's you know place as being probably one of the best NFL coaches, best football coaches to ever do it. You know. So I, I hope it turns around for Lions because, you know, I'll always be a Lions fan, I'll always pull for the Lions. But th- this is starting to get ridiculous. This is – it really is, man. And, and and I couldn't imagine people that have been following them for 60, 70 years. You know, I can't imagine that. I've been following them for 30 years. That's enough. Yeah. You know, enough's enough. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of seeing it. I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready to see something different. You know, I don't think Matt Stafford's the guy. I think – the Fords are cursed. I think they need to sell them. I know this sounds redundant. I know it sounds so, so stupid, but where else do you turn when, right? Where else can you turn when the only common denominator is the Fords ownership? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, but yeah, so we won't see, we won't see a few, we won't see a, a lot of, you know, uh, Detroit sports team. I mean, Lions are out of contention. NFC North obviously is going to be controlled by the Bears. You know what I'm saying? Bears, you know, how, how being a Lions fan, I'm 
when I look at the Bears, I'm jealous, man. They went from being one of the worst teams last year to be one of the best teams yeah. with just a few picks. With with picking with with picking the right quarterback, everyone laughed. Oh, they're moving up for Mitch Trubisky, Pfft, stupid. Blah 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 blah. Now look at and them. Getting Khalil Mack. Laugh all you want. Right, they got Khalil Mack. Yeah, laughing all the way to the bank, man. I'm jealous of the, I'm so, jealous of the Browns. I think next year the Browns are going to be pushing for the playoffs. Hello, you want to know why? Because Baker Mayfield came in, and just like Mitch Trubisky, they came in, and I love I love Baker May, even though he's like he's he's he shoots from the hip, and he just say what he says, say what he feels. Mm-hmm. Man, he's changing. He's changed the culture in Cleveland. Yeah, you know he's got that. <laughs> that's what I think. That woke up. Yeah, that's what I think. Matt Stafford can't do. Right. That's what Stafford doesn't. Right. Hello, Matthew. That's what Stafford doesn't do. He just he just gives you he just hits you with a bunch of ums at the end of his press conference. Oh, we have to oh, um um um. We just have to go back to the drawing board. Um um um. Go back to practice. Um um um. We didn't uh, execute. Um, no shit. We know this shit. You're feeding you're 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 feeding us shit that's like straight from the fucking book, bro. These people aren't stupid. You know what I'm saying? And then I look at Stafford. He just looks like a fucking guy at the Y that plays like pickup basketball. It doesn't even look like, oh, my God. You, you know, when Mitch Trubisky fucking walks in and do six-foot-something, Cam Newton walks in, he's six-foot-something. Fucking Stanford walks in, he's fucking five-foot-nine, five-foot-ten. He, he fucking just wakes up and jogs every morning before he goes to the fucking office. You know what I'm saying? With a hundred and fucking uh, $250 million in the bank. Blah, blah, ha, ha, ha. You know? And I just don't see any anything out of him. I feel like Stanford... You know, he's really good. He's really good friends with uh, the pitcher. What's his name? Clayton Kershaw. Yeah. He has the mentality of a baseball player. That's what Stafford has. He doesn't have a killer mentality like football. He might be able to know how to play football. He might be able to fucking throw a football, you know, look for an open rod receiver. But he doesn't have that mentality. I want a, I want a Baker Mayfield type quarterback. That's going to go out there and say shit. I want a Phil Rivers quarterback who's going to get in your face. I want a fucking top. Who's going to demand the absolute greatest from you? I don't want a quarterback to say, um, yeah, well, um, we need to go back to the drawing board. You've been going back to the drawing board for 12 years, man. Aren't you sick of going back to the drawing board? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just I'm, – I'm over it, and this is the reason why the NFC is never going to have the Lions in it. That's why the, the Rams are going to uh, – are, are up there, you know, the bears, you know, you keep going, dude. It's just, it's just not going to happen for us unless the culture changes. It's, it's thinking outside of the box. It's not just getting good players on the field with, with great arms and, you know, catchability and leaping ability. Think outside of the box, man, change the whole culture around dude. So these people will feel empowered. So they get out. So they, when they drive to Ford field, they're going to get out and they know they're going to rip someone's head off. I just don't feel like they even have that kind of, you know, get up and go. Every time around this year, they give up. It, it's just, it's, it's over. It's yeah. over before you know Christmas. They give up. Everybody yeah. just looks like they give up, and I'm just yeah. sick of seeing that, dude. It's 30 years. Um, and 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 that's I'm I'm an infant in my fandom for the Lions. You can imagine dudes have been loving them since they last time they probably seen a freaking championship. Well, the thing is, like, they had a chance to establish that kind of culture. You know, when they. In uh, consecutive years, they drafted Sue and then Fairley and then DeAndre Levy and Ziggy Ansah. You know, they had a chance to be that type of team that, you know, every time you play them, you know, 
your quarterback's going to be on their back and, you know, everybody's going to be sore and no one's looking forward to playing them. And they fucked up that opportunity, man. They had the opportunity to establish that identity of kind of what the Bears are becoming right now, you know, that that feared front four that nobody wants to mess with, you know. And they messed it up. Like, I know they got Harrison now who's nice, but, I mean, Harris, Snacks Harrison is great. Like, that's that's a really good piece that you can build around. But, you know, you're probably going to lose Ansa. And you just – you had this golden opportunity, and I think they really mucked it up. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think I think they continue to muck it up. I think when you get a new, I think when you get a new head coach in and make him keep uh, uh, an offensive coordinator. No, dude. If I bring in a head coach and I'm saying you got the reins, bro, creative control. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You you, you want to fire all of them or keep all of them? It's fucking on you. You know what I'm saying? But I, I would suggest that you fire all of them and get your people in here who you want. You know what I'm saying? And they didn't do that. The they didn't do that. The and thing is, like you know, bringing in a, a new GM, you'd think, hey. Bring in whatever coach you want, not, hey, I really like Jim Caldwell, so if you want this job, you better be okay with uh, sticking with Jim Caldwell for a few years. Exactly, and it's just – I mean, we can, I can, we can talk about the lines that are blue in the face, man. Yeah. You know, no pun intended. <laughs> but I'm just – I think that there needs to be a culture change. There has never been a culture change to the Lions. That's why the Browns – are looking so good, and Baker Mayfield has already thrown 25 touchdowns after, you know, not being their starting quarterback off rip. That's amazing. You know what I'm saying? I think the rookie needs to go to that man. Yeah. You know, but but the culture needs to change. It it needs to change. And now I'm I'm seeing Caldwell is getting uh, interviews with the Packers head coaching job. Think about that. No NFL, no Lions head coach after they've been fired have gone on to be head coaches okay Jim Caldwell might break that mold because how bad his successor is doing compared to him (laughs) you know think about that dude (laughs) he's probably getting looked at because how bad the Lions are doing right now right they probably looked at him like damn he didn't he didn't do pretty damn bad with the Lions you know imagine what he could do with the Aaron Rogas you know so like this is like this needs to be a wake up for the Fords. They need they need to move on and just fucking sell the Lions, dude, or just have a complete culture change and keep the Ford family, you know, out of the spotlight. You know what I'm saying? Or you know what? My bad. They need to be a little more involved. They need to come out and say, "Hey, I'm pissed off. I need to see more." Or, you know what? People are getting fired. They need to be put on their asses, and it doesn't need to be Martha. It needs to be someone with a little more fire in their belly for the for this for this organization, and not just say, "Hey." You know what? We sell out every year. Right. You know, we sell out all our events that aren't football. We sell out all our events that are football. Why do we need to change our formula? Because you know what? It's a business. It's a flipping business, right? And I can't blame them on that. If they're making the money, then that's everyone else that's going to and supporting and contributing to the Lions are suckers. Right. And then we turn around and tell these young men that they should be playing in bowl games. Well, it's like we talked about, you know, the Rams, the Browns, the um, the Chiefs even, you know. Um, shit, I just had one. Uh, the Chargers, the Eagles. Like, how many teams are we going to see, like, hit rock bottom and then rise up past the Lions, you know, while the Lions are still winning six, seven, eight games a year, you know, forever? And, you know, the Bears. The Bears were in last place last year. Now they're they've already clinched their division. Right, Vikings. Vikings are gonna uh, could sneak in uh, 
into the uh, playoffs, too. So it's like, yeah, man, it's like everybody makes these drastic changes every year. And I know that the league's probably designed for teams to have off seasons. You know what I'm saying? Where they're getting, not going to be as good. But it's not designed for you to have an off season for the past 70 years. <laughs> you know, it, it, it just – I, it, it just – your formula is not working. It's just pure insanity what's going on in a uh, Lions organization because they do the same thing and expect, oh, but it's going to be better this year. Dude, like, pure insanity you guys are living with. And, like, I could not live like that. I don't understand that, dude. I'd, I'd flip out. I'd flip out if I was one of the Fords. And I'd be, something has to change. You guys just can't be doing the same shit year in, year out. You know, we have a bad year. Blame the coach. Get rid of the coach. Uh, trade all these players to fit this one player's scheme. We've done that. Everything's changed. Everybody's changed. Everything's moved in organizations except for the Fords. They've stayed the same. They're, they are, to me, the key to the Lions' success. And I think they need to change the way that they – they need to change the culture, flat out. The culture needs to change. It needs to start, start from the top down. And that's and that, that, that's any corporation, any business. Top down, culture needs to change. And it's not. It hasn't been changed because you know what? They're, they're laughing all the way to the bank and they're laughing at every single Detroit Lions fans because we're all a bunch of suckers, dude. And that's how it goes. That's how it goes. It's the way the cookie crumbles, man. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. So, you know, before the show, we were kind of struggling, like uh, scrambling to find some non-sports topics. And then I remembered um, about this trailer that came out for the movie Us. Um, directed by Jordan Peele, same guy who did, uh, you know, Get Out. And obviously it was a very funny and creative mind. Um, watching the trailer, you know, it kind of looks like it starts out with the normal family, you know, thing. Kind of like the same way Get Out did, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Just takes a drastic turn. Sorry, man. I'm I'm lost you for a second. What'd you say? You can hear me now. Yeah, you might have to edit that part out. But um, yeah. And then it takes a drastic turn. You know, you said it starts off as a normal family, kind of like uh, you know, get out there, and then it just totally takes a drastic. Trailers do. Yeah. And again, it looks like it looks like another outside of the box type of horror story. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because. You know, I know that Peel tries to put meaning and, you know, depth into his movies. Like, Get Out, I believe, was, like, you know, meant to see how black and white type deal. You know what I'm saying? I don't know exactly how, how to, you know, word it, but I know it was, like, you know, the whole black and white being stuck in this, that, and third. I get that. You know, I get it. I'm curious to see if this is another you know, metaphor about, you know, because the family's black, you know what I'm saying? And then the people that are trying to kill them look, are are like doppelgangers, you know what I'm saying? So, so I wonder if, or like evil doppelgangers. So I wonder if it's going to have a a take on black on black violence. I don't know. It could just be 
a freaking scary movie that he just said, hey, I'm going to have this family go out and they're going to get terrorized by evil doppelgangers. It could just be as simple as that. But we're going to find out from what, how, how Peel um, goes about it because I, I believe I believe Get Out was the beginning of something beautiful from uh, Jordan Peel. I think he's one hell of a creative mind. I think we're going to continue to see movies like this because the trailer chilled me. The trailer to Get Out chilled me. So I, I have no doubt that this movie is going to be great. Um, and, and, and I think we really see a star in the making with Get Out. And I hope it carries on over to this one because, dude, it, it, uh, I watched it with my son and he was like freaked out. You know what I'm saying? So it, I, I, I'm a really big fan of Jordan Peele and his work. And I'm, I'm glad he's moved from acting and comedy to directing because I think minds like him, that think outside of the box and have double meanings to their movies. I think it's just, it's well needed because I think Hollywood's so watered down with remakes, 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 and superhero movies, you know, that follow a certain uh, formula that too many people aren't thinking outside of the box and being creative like that. And I, and I big kudos to Jordan Peele for doing this. And I'm, I'm definitely to go see this movie. So I'm excited for it. Yeah. When you first saw it, what was your take on it? Um, yeah, you know, like I said, it kind of starts out normal. Then, it, you know, there's that sudden change. I think maybe it's going to, like, relay some kind of message of, like, you know, fight, like fighting the good and evil within yourself. Because, you know, it's like the, the, uh, the family's being haunted by themselves, you know? I don't think it's just doppelgangers. Like, you know, they're the same mentality. They're the same faces and everything, you know? <clears throat> so it could be like, you know the scariest thing you'll ever face is yourself, you know, something like that. Right. Like you're fighting your inner demons. It could be that too. And that, and that's, what's great about, you know, watching a trailer like this because, and knowing, you know, Keel's, uh, I mean, he's Peel's, uh, you know, uh, thought process was when you made get out, it makes you think, is this a race thing? Is this a family thing? Or is just an inner demon thing? Or is this, you know, just weird doppelgangers that, you know, he must he might have saw something, you know, he, he might have got inspiration from, uh, you know, the body snatcher movies, you know what I'm saying? Don't know. But, like, when you make movies that are thought-provoking like that, it's going to make your audience think, dude. And I think that's that's so great. And that's why I, I, love, I love directors like that that make you think, you know? Yeah. So yeah, that's that's definitely that trailer I, I, definitely did a great job. It's so intriguing and you know, follow it it kind of like follows up, you know, the work that he did with Get Out and yeah. It's probably going to like break some kind of box office record cuz everybody's going to want to go see it. Right. And you know what? There's going to be cha- there's going to be uh us challenges, you know. Um but like me and you are like we're like big M Night Shyamalan fans, right? Right. Because he thinks so so far out of the box like i hate watching those movies when like within the first 10 15 minutes on it like i lean over to my wife and i tell her what's gonna happen you know what i'm saying and you sit there the whole time you're like yup it's like almost like god i i could have i could have literally told you this whole story from just watching the first 10 15 minutes of it but you don't get that with m night Shyamalan. i haven't got that with peel from his first movie and i don't think we're gonna get it from the second one so I love directors like that, thought-provoking, and then you just really, really get to appreciate, you know, minds like that who want to share, 
you know, their mindset and their stories with you like that. I, you know, that, that that's why Joe, we're kind of mean, you're kind of in, in this and it kind of, we love this type of business because of that. So, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think we got one more thing to get to. If you kind of want to introduce the, um, the article you were talking about. Yeah. I read an article, um, Todd McFarlane did. It was on Nerdist. I really liked the content. Um, um, Todd McFarlane was talking about how Venom is exactly what hardcore comic book fans need. This material that they need. And I think he has such a strong argument. People that have been stuck in this whole Marvel cinematic universe for the past going on what 11 now where it's just a certain formula where all the movies are connected and if they're not connected in the main story they're going to be connected by the end credit you know the end credit scenes and it's the same formula we know we're, we know we're kind of going to get out of it it all built up to this but venom it's kind of a breath of fresh air. It's refreshing. It doesn't follow that formula because it's an anti-hero story. Why do anti-heroes need to follow a certain formula, a certain format? They're anti-heroes. You know what I'm saying? Deadpool will never, ever, ever in a million years conform. He's going to be Deadpool. Same thing with Venom. Same thing with Carnage. These anti-heroes are always going to end up doing the right thing even when you don't think they're going to or do it necessarily the way, the formula that it should be done. And I love that Todd McFarlane said that because that's what I take out of that movie. That's what I take out of that pool movie. It's so refreshing that I don't need to go watch uh, Iron Man 1, 2, 3, 4. I don't need to go watch Civil War. I don't need to go watch this, this, that, that, and third just so I can watch Endgame. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I, like I think it's cool to watch all those movies and have a mini marathon before you watch Endgame because I'm probably going to do that anyway. But sometimes it's it's nice to just have a standalone. That's refreshing just to watch that by itself. You know what I'm saying? And I, I felt the same thing with Wonder Woman. And Wonder Woman came out. I was like, this is so freaking refreshing. Such a good movie. A female badass superhero, you know, that, that really didn't have her standalone movie like that. It, it's refreshing seeing stuff like that. It's different because I'm, I'm such a big anti-hero, you know, guy, you know, because I don't do I don't do it by the book. I don't do by a formula. And I think they've Marvel's fallen too much into the doing this formula that I feel like fans that want and need different, not just the mainstream pop fans who've, who've gotten into Marvel because of the movies. You know what I'm saying? I think this is the Marvel fans who've been Marvel fans before the movies came out. This is refreshing for them. And I think the main, the main, the mainstream pop culture, people that fell into the movies selling to Marvel because of the movies really don't understand that. And I think that's where Todd McFarlane's getting to. Like, this is refreshing for those. This is material for those hardcore fans who really understand. And numbers proved it. He said numbers prove it. It, it, it did good, and we're going to continue doing it. And I, and, and I hope they do. And I hope there's more Deadpool movies. And I hope there's more symbiote movies because you don't need Spider-Man in that Spider-Man universe. Right. Venom proved it, in my opinion. So I, I really, it's really refreshing that Todd McFarlane said that, and he answered a lot of my questions because I didn't, I, I didn't know if 
if Venom was going to go, you know, further if they're going to pick it up again. But from what he's saying, it's it, it's promising. So I'm excited for it. Right. I love that line. That's like, you know, his existence, Venom's existence doesn't need to be defined by Spider-Man. Like that's such a, and there's, there's only so much you can do with like the hero versus the villain when the hero versus the villain, blah, 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 you know, on and on and on. Uh, yeah. Like the, you're seeing more of these anti-hero movies pop up. I think that's that's a great term for that for that. Like, it's not a hero, it's not a villain, it's just an anti-hero. Right. They're gonna do they can do the right thing. Like, like if you know, like Batman, he won't he won't kill. He won't he won't he won't uh, kill people. Same thing with Spider Man. Doesn't want to kill. You know, these superheroes want to kill. Like these anti-heroes, well, they'll kill the bad guy and, and, and will not lose sleep over it. Or they'll, they'll help a kitty out of a tree. Or they'll help a little kid, you know what I'm saying, that's like about to get hit by a car. They'll do that. And then they'll turn around and they'll hack off some some villain's head and not think twice of it. And that's me. That's me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, hey, if, I was, if I was a bad guy, bro, I would and, and I had a villain I was going to kill. Can, can you think Think about it? How much, how much headache and, 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 and money Bruce Wayne could have saved the city of Gotham just by dropping Joker the first time he got him, just by blowing off Joker's head the first time, you know how much you know how much lives you could have saved in the long run, how much property damage you could have done, how much money you could have saved Gotham, how much headache you could have saved yourself if you just would have killed Joker the first time you got him. Yeah, you know, but that's just me. <laughs> different ways to think about it, different ways to approach it. But yeah, that's an, that's an interesting point. Absolutely. Yeah, other than that, I think um, that wraps up all that we had planned for this episode <laughs> on this, what, third day of Christmas now? Yeah, on the third day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. But, um, yeah, so our next one should be after uh, after the new year. I say we uh, watch the Michigan-Michigan State Bowl games, talk about that a little bit, find some, some non-topics to talk about. I'm sure they'll be around. I, I really do suggest Joe you watch the Black Black Mirror uh, shows. The, there's a new there's a new episode uh, that they're debuting on Netflix. It's a Netflix show. If you have Netflix, I suggest watching Black Mirror. It's it's beyond nuts. It's like modern day Twilight Zone. Okay, I will get on that. <laughs> so yeah, all right. So I think that covers everything, man. I think so. Um, so I think I think it's going to be Chief Saints in the Super Bowl. What's your, what's your take? What do you think uh, would be a Super Bowl? Man, I would love Chiefs Saints, man. Chiefs Saints. Um, my Super Bowl right now, I'm going to stick with the Saints. I'm going to say the Chargers get there too. I'm going to say Drew Brees versus his old team, Saints and Chargers. Wow, that would be that would be something too. That would be really something. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind watching that game either. Yeah. That'd be kind of cool. Cause I love Philip Rivers. I love Drew Brees. I think they're the last of the, them two. Tom Brady are the last of those pocket quarterbacks that we you know grew up with. It's it, it change a little bit after the, those guys leave. So uh, needs it, man. Right, and you know the Super Bowl is still over a month out, so lots of stuff can change by then. Even he's gonna it's gonna start feeling like playoff football. Yeah. Can't wait to watch that. And then 
you know, then we can still we can still talk about Michigan, Michigan State. Man, they're both doing good. They're both, <laughs> you know, I, I can't those guys. You know, I have I have been watching Michigan and Michigan. Great basketball that has been playing. And so we have a lot to talk about come New Year, Joe. That's right. Good stuff. All right. Uh, so that, other than that, yeah, till next time, I'm Joe. And Asha. Thanks for listening. This is Beards for Radio. Beards for Radio. This episode of the Beards for Radio podcast is brought to you by Farbar fashion, clothing, and design. 100% original. Visit far-ebar.com to add the next great addition to your wardrobe.